take a moment finding a comfortable position on the ground imagine sitting at a table a large banquet sitting at the head of this table this table of allies noticing all the empty seats I invite you to welcome the spirits, the people here and gone, higher sources of inspiration, all your allies. At this moment, I invite you to invite each one of these guests to your table. Breathing in and breathing out, they offer you a wonderful expression of support, potential guidance, and reassurance. But please, please note that each ally, you too, offers symbiotic exchange different gifts and in this moment as you recognize your allies witness the symbiosis of these relationships i ask you simply to bear witness and see feel and think about what they mean to you. And with no rush, no sense of urgency, standing at this table, knowing that they'll always be here for support at any given moment you need them. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Kaya, who describes her experience and invitation to psychedelics through ayahuasca and the radical transformation she's learning regarding self-love, trust, and deep acceptance. Kaya, how are you coming in today? I'm feeling great, very in my body today. In your body? What does that mean to be in your body? (laughs) (laughs) It's not a place I occupy very often, but it feels like I'm feeling very aware of sensations of my body my consciousness and my presence is right here in every present word not future projection projecting into what goes next or what was behind just very present and do you trust it do you trust it i do have you always trusted it no it's been a journey yeah And would you say the work that we've been doing for some time and the psychedelics has invited you into the journey more intimately? 
Yes, in a way that I never, never, never could have imagined that I would access. Can you elaborate a little more? Can you paint a picture for me? I lived a, a large portion of my life, 20 years, very disconnected from myself. And what is intuition? What is an inner knowing? What are even the sensations that are giving me messages to make decisions in my life? Like those feel very basic to me, but they were very out of my reach. Very, is very there out a, of my reach. Yeah. Is there an emotion coming up that I hear in your voice? Yeah, there's a deep sadness that I didn't have access to something that feels very foundational to me now. It, there's a, a sadness that I didn't necessarily have those tools or even an awareness of that for so long. What's been unlocked? Trust in myself. And it's not, the way I experience it is not an attainable place. It's a movement towards trust. It's a dance. There's just a movement, a momentum of the way trust is experienced within my body. It's a feeling of trust. And there's a closure and an opening and expansion and a contraction that happens, sort of cyclical or spiral in nature. But the lesson of trusting of yourself is coming around again in different iterations over and over and over again. And instead of feeling as if that means I'm failing and not understanding the lesson, the way I see it is I'm actually like looking at a diamond and looking at it from all different facets. And so every time the lesson is spiraling around to trust myself, I'm getting a slightly different vantage point to understand what that means. And when you say that, do you contribute that to psychedelics finding you? when you've got this beautiful new insight? Yes, it's been a very powerful ally. I have had the gift of sight, knowing beyond since as long as I can remember. I shut it down for a large portion of my life and that was very purposeful. And psychedelics has allowed me to open it up in a way that I now have the tools to understand all these things that I have the ability to see, but there was a lot of fear, you know, prior. And now I'm having a deeper understanding of these are the gifts that I have to be here in this world. And it allows me to see it at a vantage point. It allows me to open the flow or constrict the flow of the information or the amount of what I'm seeing or experiencing. The perspective shift has been the most life-changing. What I love about what you just said is the idea that the psychedelics can be a catalyst for you, but you already innately had that within you. Yes. It's quite a remarkable uncovering, I'm sure. Yeah, even being able to admit that, you know, the gifts were there at a young age has been something that's taken me a long time to even verbalize or articulate, right? And I would say the work with the medicines and the psychedelics has allowed me to see that with no mistake. 
there is no mistake almost every time that I've been in a ceremony that's come to me is just how important these gifts are and that I really do believe everybody has access to them. Some people listen, some people don't. I chose to take mine offline for a certain number of years because that was the only tool that I had at the time to make it through. And psychedelics has allowed me to open that up and it become an ally versus something that I fear. Because there's a lot of fear around it when I was younger. And so you had an innate curiosity to work with the medicines or did it kind of land on your lap? How? Share with me what, <laughs> yeah, I hear a little laughter. <laughs> I grew up in a home that was pretty open in talking about things of this nature. I had parents that were pretty open about their adventures in the 60s and the 70s with these medicines. But I never actually had a draw to them. I had an aversion for a long while. And that was a story that I had that I didn't need to be any more, quote unquote, removed from reality than I already was. Because the story was that my gifts were removing me from reality. And I would say in, I forget exactly what year, but it was probably about 12 to 14 years ago. I'd actually heard about ayahuasca and I'd heard it through my partner who had heard about it on the, an XM radio show, which was like the podcasts of the day back then. And he shared with me about what he'd heard about this essential trip report that somebody was speaking about with their experience with ayahuasca as a medicine and what it unlocked for them and the way it helped them through different things with mental health and understanding themselves better. And I had been, you know, in working with a lot of different people to understand just how to be here in life, how to work through a lot of things. And so ayahuasca came into my sphere and I sat and brewed on it for about 10 years before I did it. That's intense. That's an intense, intentional setting, is it not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the first thing that came to me when I heard about this was an intense amount of fear. Um, the fear of being so removed from this place where I'm just trying to understand how to be here, how to work through depressions and control and all of these different things. And it really scared me. But underneath the layer of fear was an intrigue. You know? And that intrigue, right? The intrigue in the darkness or the fear or the anxiety often can outweigh that intrigue kind of sparks something, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It kept the, this flame lit for a decade, like 10 years. And so now, fast forward, you that was your initiation was with psychedelics. That was my initiation with psychedelics was ayahuasca. Yes. Yes. And what an initiation it was. I can imagine. 
there's laughter, but like sinister kind of, oh my gosh. Right? <laughs> Very sinister. Like, Is that uh, because of the retrospect now? You're like, holy cow, I did that. There is some retrospect, but I I was very aware of the grandness of what was happening as I prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of encouragement from my partner because I was sort of like him and Holland about it, you know, the saying like shit or get off the pot about it. And it was really becoming more heightened in my my field was thinking about it more often. It was starting to feel like it was the time. You know, people kind of use the word, it was calling me, but we can like really unpack what that means because it's, you know, that's the way the call, quote unquote, was for me. It was just more of a heightened awareness in my sphere. And I set up this, this retreat and I had about three months from the time I made the decision with a lot of heavy encouragement from my partner to stepping foot in another country and taking part in four different ayahuasca ceremonies. Wow. So that brings us to where you and I are today. That's how you met me. You had also the intuition, the recognition that integration is important how how did that come about or was that always within you yeah you know the center that i went to was rather holistic and on the preparation it clearly wasn't this level that you're offering but there was an understanding of what integration means i was introduced to the word through this this ayahuasca retreat center and they actually had someone on staff afterwards to provide help if, if help was needed. And I reached out to this person probably three days after I got home. And it just wasn't in resonance. We were not seeing each other. I felt I just didn't feel a level of trust. And that was, I was really, really open. My heart was so open and I was really feeling every feeling that I shut down for you know 15 20 years prior and i i thanked him for you know what he offered but it it wasn't it and then i got scared because i was really needing some grounding with how deep i went in this medicine and was afraid that i actually fucked it up i was afraid like my kids would no longer have the mother that they used to have, that my husband would not have the partner, that I I really messed it up. And I was really hard on myself. And I thought that maybe that 10 years that I didn't do it was for a reason that I wasn't supposed to do it. But I quickly tapped into the embodiment of the feeling that I had. And there was a reason that I listened to the call and I was by chance listening to a podcast. I can't remember the name right now. And you were actually a guest on it. And I pretty rarely listen to podcasts. I'm very choosy about the content I listen to. And I just don't have a ton of time to listen to a lot of podcasts. And I heard you speaking on this podcast and it was immediate resonance. And I thought I need to get 
your contact information because I think that you could help me so that I can process what's going on right now. Wow. Thank you. And the idea is that you took it upon yourself to work it. Yeah. As fearful as it was, you really found yourself diving into it. Well, the alternative was not an option, right? The alternative was that I was feeling broken and I was feeling a lot of fear. And I was having trouble integrating the vastness and the depth that I went in these ceremonies and with this medicine. And I didn't know how to come back and be a mother and be a wife and a friend and a daughter. Very simple things. You know, I was, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't have the tools. And so it was very, very, very clear when I heard you speaking that that was an alignment. And I think I called you the next day. <laughs> and now here we are. You're integrating. You're finding alignment and you're trusting yourself. Yes. Is it easy? No. That's why this lesson spirals around so often. Because I have a lot of opportunities to learn it. Trusting in myself is not an easy thing. Right. It's cons it takes a lot of courage to re to continue trusting yourself, especially in the face of something that may have gone wrong or has been challenging. That's the first story is uh you can't trust yourself. And then as you say repatterning for me. Yeah, and as you say that right now, what's the emotion? You know me, I love to dive into the emotional heart. What's coming up emotionally when you say that out loud? You know, it's frustrating. It's a frustrating thing. It would be so simple and so easy to just trust ourselves, right? It's simple, but it's not easy. It's one of the grandest lessons that I'm, that I'm here learning at this moment is trusting myself because by extension, trusting myself allows me to trust other people because I'm really in tune with my own compass and listening and my body tells me you know, where I can really open and where it's just not in alignment. And that's okay. It's not a judgment call on someone's character. It's just, it's just not in alignment. Yeah, it doesn't jam with you. Tell me what's been working now. I know that wasn't your only experience in the world with medicines. What, what seems to be resonating? You used the term earlier. What connects with you? Well, I actually took almost two years to integrate those experiences with ayahuasca working with you weekly and it took me that amount of time to really even open myself up to working with medicines again i mean nearly two years and i didn't even know if i would ever be open to that again because of the depth that i went and the fear that i didn't know if i was going to be able to really integrate it back but at some point, it was a similar call. Like there was just a softness inside of me that allowed those possibilities to come forward. And I've since worked with a couple different medicines, several different medicines that have been incredibly life changing. And I will say, and maybe 
maybe I'm going to get my ass handed to me one of these days, but they've been more gentle than ayahuasca. Even if they've been challenging, there's been challenges. But it never brought me to the brink of like shattering. And it's yeah, not they, to vilify the medicine yeah. at all. I think it was just where I was in my life and the preparation that I have now. Yeah, and I think that's what we have to acknowledge too is the constructs our culture puts on us is um, healing has to be traumatic or deathly aggressive or violence or seeing the dark night of the soul and what I hear from you right now, and it's quite magical. You're finding your wheelhouse of what works for you, and it doesn't mean we have to get ripped apart and de you know, deconstructed by yeah, I really love the way that you shared that. And I know that we've we've talked about that a lot in working with each other is just I can only speak to my experience and I know that everybody's is different. And never say never. It's not like I've shut the door to ayahuasca ever in the in the future, but um I'm finding myself pulled to working with medicines that they can be challenging, but they still leave me feeling whole. I like that. Can you elaborate on challenging but whole i had a recent experience with mushrooms and it was pretty significant and it's probably the deepest that i'd gone since ayahuasca so there was a level of fear as well like oh god i don't want to go back into this space again and what the predominant difference was and the feeling of wholeness was that I was able to meet myself at every level that I was going. I never clamped up or stopped myself from going really, really deeply. And there was times in that particular ceremony that I was completely nonverbal and just using breath or noises or like very guttural primal noises from my body. And I was very very much meeting myself at every level and that felt whole because i don't want to say that i felt a level of control but i felt like i was an active participant i wasn't just taken for a ride we were dancing together it was symbiotic and that felt very nourishing to me mm, that's quite a recognition of trust, a recognition of clarity of who you are and honoring, like you said, exploring it, but not getting lost and just letting it take you down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you make of all this seriousness and the therapeutic uh, intent of thank you for laughing? Why so serious? Do you have space for, for that? Oh, I always have space for that. Always. I will say that why so serious is my favorite phrase in all of life. It's my motto that I, I move through life. It's not to take away the seriousness of experiences that are happening here. But the way that I see it is, you know, we can get a little existential if you want. Uh, please, please, you know. Okay, cool. <laughs> the way I see it is their human experiences to experience the full range that's why we're here that's why we're not creator consciousness or just energies floating around in a vacuum we're here to experience all of it and so in a way the way that i moved through it with levity 
even in the face of things that are really traumatic, is why so serious? We're actually here to experience the entirety, the full spectrum. That's not by mistake. That is the game. That's the construct of why we're here. And for me, understand, I take great, great comfort in moving into that space and knowing that could be the highest high or the lowest low. We were designed. We are perfectly divinely designed to experience all of that. That's why we're here. I love it. And with a right amount of play and joy and levity, as you use the term, bringing in the medicine as like recreational and playful, but also still giving yourself a chance to learn things. Yes. And I've had the chance to experience a variety of medicines and a variety of experiences. Um, my favorite is very ceremonial to go very deep. I mean, that's that's just my jam, my bread and butter. But there's also, there can be a playfulness and sort of this breath that happens within in the way, the way that I experience where there's an expansion, where we can go really, really deep into something or a contraction where we need to bring some levity and we just need to fucking laugh at like the hilariousness of wearing pants or something like that <laughs> right how dare we have 10 fingers right yeah with the audacity to have 10 of those fuckers <laughs> oh it's it's a breath of fresh air because it, you can still gain traction you can still have perspective 100 percent. and i find that actually in the ceremony i was referring to with mushrooms recently i was actually seeing my own energy as being very much like almost like a court jester there was a lot of silliness play a little bit of redirect happening and i was watching it from outside of myself i was watching that energy happening and i was watching the intelligence of it that it needed it wanted me to match it in the why so serious and the levity before we were going to go down into something deeper. And I really had to be silly. Like there had to be a place for play. I had to have permission to be weird and make weird faces and tell weird jokes or laugh at strange things because that was the portal in. That was the way, that was the trust, right? And for me, that makes sense because in my real life, <laughs> everyday life, I love to laugh and have a lot of fun but I can be very deep was watching this energy as being highly intelligent as the way it was going to allow me to co-create this, the depth of this experience was to meet it first at why so serious. Yeah. And then it doesn't have to be a binary that the spectrum can just play. And there's so much opportunity in that vast space that it can ebb and flow. And I know Right now, culturally speaking, it has to be so directly focused on healing something or, again, problem solving something or coming to terms with something. And when all actuality, I'm hearing you say, what about just embodying something or experiencing something for the experience? Mm, yes, I love that. I don't think I've ever like heard that reflected back this way. So it's actually really healing. Yeah. You know, the, 
first time I was with medicine with ayahuasca was definitely healing. I was, I was there for healing. And it's not that I'm, I'm not looking for that every time, but I'm not married or attached to the way that needs to look. Right. And you said this earlier was we have this cultural obsession with healing being hard and breaking us and we're coming to the break and we're almost broken and then we get to piece ourselves back together. And I've certainly done that a number of times in my life without medicine. I didn't need fucking medicine to do that. I, that happened organically. And for this, in this journey, I'm enjoying the space where we're co-creating with this medicine and co-creating and I'm not attached to the way it needs to look. So if the healing is coming through like funniness and levity, and then we have pockets of time where we go really deep and we revisit things that are very traumatic, and very difficult for me to, act, to access, that actually opens me more, brings me more trust because I know that I have this breath and I have this place to come out of it if I need to come out of it and then just go back into it if I need to go back into it. And that's, that gives me trust and a relationship with the medicine that I'm just now cultivating. Tell me about what that cultivation is going to look like on the horizon. So you are cultivating it and I witness you doing it. Paint me a picture of what's on the horizon with your healing journey, your play journey. Why so serious journey? <laughs> I listen. I listen for what it is that I need. Maybe that I need some space to disintegrate the last journey that I had. Maybe I need just space to play. I'm really open to whatever medicines are calling to me that feel like they, they feel like the right fit for what it is that I'm that I'm seeking. There's certainly times where I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling really stuck. I would really love to go into this. And the the intention is to be able to move something. And there's other times that I have a relationship with medicine where it's intentional and I'm okay with the intention being very loose. The intention is no intention, but there's still an intentionality about it, right? It's like a little paradoxical, but I think that that ability to just be open to wherever it needs to take me or be pointed and move through that spectrum is where I'm at right now. Kaya, it's wonderful to hear you, and I am indebted to witnessing you on your journey. I've appreciated your ability to keep looking, keep lifting the rocks, keep checking the doors, not being afraid to keep going at it with or without medicine, right? We, as I always say, we always need to be gentle no matter what that looks like. Simply be gentle with or without the medicine. Yeah, working with you has really taught me a lot about gentleness. It's not a skill that I had prior to working with you. And seeing the absolute power that lies within being gentle and soft with ourselves, which is also quite paradoxical. But it's something that I'm embodying and remembering to embody every day, being gentle with myself, being gentle with my journey and where it is versus where I expect to be, you know, having an awareness of where the expectations lie, maybe allowing myself to soften the edges a little bit there and let it be a little bit more fluid. That's what gentleness is meant for me.